so this morning, I'm really curious about something. There is a show that I loved as a kid that I have not seen in probably 30 years. And um, haven't heard anybody mention it. It was on, like, the Family Channel. Like, before it was... I don't know if you remember, there's the Family Channel that became ABC Family and then like Fox Family and then now it's Freeform um, or whatever. But anyway, there was a show on it called Rescue 911. Did anybody watch that show? William Shatner was the voiceover, which made it ultra epic. Um, I saw, so you did? So there, there's one hand. Anybody else? You, got, you know the show. Okay. Yes. I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one who remembers this show. So this, I used to always just thought it was so like, intense watching basically the, I mean, it's kind of, as you might expect, it's 911 calls, and they got video of the rescue missions that would happen. And I just always thought it was such a fun show to watch um, as a kid. You think about the different scenes, I remember like there would be, sometimes there'd be a flood, or there'd be a fire, or there'd be some sort of accident, and we think about those situations for rescue. But even though, thankfully, we're not in one of those situations right now, the truth is we're all in a situation where we need rescue. There's stuff going on in our world and in our lives that maybe we're very aware of, but maybe we're not aware of. Maybe we just know something's off. Maybe we just know the world is a mess, and maybe we're not thinking of it in terms of rescue, but the truth is we're all in need of rescue. And today's lesson is going to help us see our need for rescue and then to embrace that rescue. Today's lesson is about rescue realized. The lesson we have, it's Isaiah chapter 51, verses 4 to 6. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my nation. The law will go out from me. My justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way. And my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies but my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Now with our lesson today, we're going to start into this Advent season. And remember, the season of Advent is a season where we prepare for the coming of Christ. And that's what this whole Advent word is even all about. It's coming, it's arrival, and so we've got these different candles here to help remind us of the season. And as we go through this season, we prepare for the coming of Christ in, in a number of ways. We prepare our hearts for him to come, or the fact that he did come as a baby that first Christmas. We prepare for the fact that he came to Jerusalem to die for our sins on the cross. We prepare our hearts for the fact that he comes in our hearts each and every day by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we prepare for the fact that he will come again to set all things right. And as we think about all of these preparations, this year our Advent theme is especially focused on that fact that he will come again to set all things right. And when he comes again, it's all about rescue realized. The thing about our lesson today, we have to keep in mind the historical context of what's going on here with this lesson. Remember the fact that God's people in the Old Testament had really veered off track in many ways. You have the people of Israel who divide into the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah, and especially the northern kingdom of Israel really turned away from God. 
It happened in the southern kingdom too. They were both there, but Israel especially went more in that direction. But you've got all this corruption taking place there where people are worshiping false gods. But then also, they are taking advantage of the poor, the widow. They are, are oppressing people. They are, there's violence where they're hurting other people and benefiting from the hurt of other people. It's this really terrible, corrupt time. And so God sent all these prophets to warn them that if, that if you don't turn from your ways, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be justice for this. And when you track through history, you see that eventually God said, okay, it's, it's going to happen. You have this northern kingdom of Israel that is, is taken off and then defeated and conquered and, and really basically hauled off by the Assyrians. It was this whole military effort to really disperse people and in doing so make it so they wouldn't have national identity and pride and everything. The southern kingdom of Judah is taken off into captivity too, but because God is true to his promise to bring a savior, he does have them return because it's through those people that, that ultimately the savior, the Messiah, Jesus would come. Our lesson today is part of the book of Isaiah and Isaiah is one of these prophets. And when you look at Isaiah's message, Isaiah speaks some really strong words in a lot of the book. Because he's really abruptly calling out the people, look at this mess that you're doing. Look at the direction it's going. And he's calling out to the people because God's heart for the people is that he wants them to repent, to turn back. Isaiah, though, doesn't just bring these strong words of, of, of calling out their sin, but he also is giving sometimes these really, some of the most beautiful statements of hope. And that's part of why in the Christmas season we often quote from Isaiah. Because there are just these beautiful nuggets. He gives these statements of hope that though there would be this destruction that would happen where these other nations would come in, yes, there would be a remnant that would come back. Yes, God would provide for his people. God would keep that line going. And then ultimately there would be that promised one who would come and defeat the powers of evil and set everything right. And our lesson today, as we get to our rescue, realizes in one of these sections where he's giving hope in, in, an, in a kind of more immediate sense where God's people, after some of this fighting and where they're struggling with these other powers, that there's going to be some restoration, but then that there's that ultimate hope of that promised one who's going to bring rescue. When we look at the verses that come right before our lesson, we can see this, this hope, this extension of hope for there. He says, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. So here you think about how God's people, because of all the, the difficulties that had happened, they'd been reduced to so many less than what they were. And yet God is saying, okay, but remember Abraham, it was just, he was just one, and I have turned him into this great nation. I know you're down to a remnant. I know you're going to be down in this bad spot, but I can still bring this blessing out of this. And all it takes is one. There's also the statements that he made about how the Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look compassion on all her ruins. He'll make her deserts like Eden her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Here Isaiah is drawing on 
the fact that God created everything, and you think about that garden he created, how beautiful and wonderful, and he created it out of nothing. And so here's this hope that God, who did that before, that this God will do it again. And you will have this beautiful new creation, this, this, this beautiful new event where God has made this wonderful relationship with him and this place to dwell, to live with him. It's here after giving these statements of hope that we get to today's lesson. A lesson that begins, listen to me, my people, hear my nation. And the words in the original language, it's interesting, both when it says listen and hear, it actually, they're describing like physical actions of your ears. Now, I can't do much with my ears. Um, <laughs> some people can like move them around, you know, wiggle them or what. I can't really, this is about all I got. But uh, the idea, it's using these images to, to, to express listening. So the one is like perk up your ears. You know, maybe we've used that kind of statement. The other one is like broaden your ears. Maybe we would say open up your ears. Use the ears God gave you, right? Like this is the idea. It's using very picturesque, poetic language. You'd be like, okay, there's something important here for you to hear. He says, my justice will become a light to the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily. My salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. Now, when we think about God's justice, and with justice, we have to think about judging and judgment, I guess my question is, does God's justice and judgment, does that usually make us Comfortable or uncomfortable? Now, if we understand the ultimate hope of Scripture, which we're going to talk about today, it really can make us something feel happy and hopeful. But often, if you're like me, when we think about justice and God bringing his arm of justice, it can be kind of a scary thought. And actually an uncomfortable one. People don't like the idea of God bringing judgment, of God judging Right? And we know, if too, if God were to bring his law and compare it to our lives, we would see ways that we fall short. And so in some ways, these words at first, my justice, my righteousness, my arm will bring justice, can be a, an uncomfortable section. And yet, it's also here talking about how my justice will become a light to the nations. And that the islands will look to me and wait in hope for my arm. God's justice in thinking about judging and God saying that's right and that's wrong and this is wrong and therefore this needs to happen as a result, that is something that is uncomfortable because we're in a sinful world and we are sinful people and yet ultimately it brings light and goodness. I mean, consider too how... It talks about to the nations, the nations, the islands. This is an expression that God is going to do something, not just there amongst God's people, but actually this is something that is going to have a positive impact on the world. The whole world. And the islands, in the original language, it kind of describes more the coastlands. That's a way, especially in that world, in that setting of like expressing like, okay, all the way to the sea, right? Basically it's Maybe, you know, it used to be more common, like in America, like sea to shining sea, sea was like a way of saying like all over the place, right? It's kind of the idea, the expression here is like 
the far-off distant lands, God's going to do this. And they're hoping for it. It's going to bring light. Which then maybe prompts us to pause and consider. If you were to, or if we find ourselves in a situation of needing to be rescued, what are some of the things that we need to be rescued from? Got in your worship folder, and if you're a note taker, it looks like some water. The theme on the front, maybe you saw there's like a lifeguard um, donut thing. I don't know. I'm not a lifeguard. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That circle ring, right? This is the imagery we're using here. What kind of waters do we need to be rescued from in this world? And if you want to take notes, there's that pencil in the chair in front of you. Thinking about the situation of God's people, what did they need, immediately think that they would need rescue from? Violence and war are some things that they would see right away, right? With uh, being conquered by Assyria, conquered by Babylon. Those are maybe not things that we think of right away, thankfully, because we live in a relatively peaceful place. Um, and yet, we are aware that there's violence, there's war going on in our world. That there is violence in our, our own country, even um, for anybody who was at the Christmas parade Friday, I was uh, kind of struck by how armed the police officers were. Um, I'm thankful they were, that's good, but the fact that they need to be that armed is a reminder that, you know, we're in a world where they need to be ready to keep peace and keep people safe, you know, so there's rescue from War and violence. For God's people reading this, oppression was very real. Whether it was from corrupt leaders in Israel or whether it be from other nations who would take advantage of them and, and, and put them to, to, to work for hardly anything. Whatever it is, violence, war, oppression, corrupt powers. And we can see that those are going on in our world today too. And, and those are kind of the out there things. But when you think about what we need to be rescued from, they're not just out there things. When you think about war and violence, those are things that are, okay, those clearly have bad effects. When you think about someone like in, in a nation where there's clear oppression, like it's clear to see that. Sometimes corrupt powers are easy to see. But there's other things in our lives that are hurtful to us and to those around us that aren't quite so easy to see. Like are there thoughts in our minds that are destructive? for us and people around us. You know, where we think things that are self-righteous or where we think very critical things of the people around us. I just smile because I just remembered something I just had shared at the, our Fox store recently. Is I don't know what it is, but so, I, you know, where we live, there's one of those crosswalks where you can push a button and it flashes, right? And whenever I push the button and it flashes and people drive through it anyways, oh boy, I have to repent. <laughs> and I just, for some reason, it just, like, the thoughts have flicked through my head, and I'm like, Nate, stop. <laughs> you know, what are you, why are you being, so they probably didn't even see the flashing light, come on, you know, but for some reason, sometimes destructive thoughts, they just come in our heads about others, but also about ourselves. Sometimes we're the hardest critic on us, right? And those destructive thoughts 
while they're in here, they do affect the things we say and we do. You know, we can say and do things that are hurtful to people around us. It might not be war, at least not on a nation, but it can be war in someone's heart, war in a family, war in the way somebody thinks about themselves. It can be destructive. So we need to be rescued from our destructive thoughts, from the destructive thoughts of others. We need to be rescued from hurtful words and actions that we have done and we have said, but that others have said and done to us. We also need to be rescued from deadly patterns. You know, there's just maybe there's just patterns of behavior that we have that for some reason, you know, we think of corrupt powers like in, you know, big leadership and stuff, but there's some sort of power at work in our lives too. You know, maybe you have that thing that for some reason you do it and you don't want to know why you do it. You know it's not good for you, but you do it anyway. And we have these powers. All these things. There's something else, too, that we need to be rescued from that we maybe don't necessarily associate with rescue or at least rescue in this setting as we're just talking about, like, sinful behaviors and things like that. Back in the garden... Remember, when Adam and Eve stopped trusting God to be the source of their lives, and they went their own way, immediately they turned away from God, they hid from his goodness, they started pointing fingers at God and each other, they started being separation issues with God and each other, and then as a result, there would be pain and suffering and death. Those things, while when you have pain and suffering, it may not be a direct cause of a specific sin, the fact that we have pain and suffering and death in this world is the result of sin and corruption being in this world. So again, not necessarily a specific sin. You can't say, I got a cold today, therefore I must have sinned yesterday. That's not how that works. But the fact that we have illness in this world is a result of these other things too. So let's put this together in this category. We need to be rescued from sickness. We need to be rescued from pain and suffering. And we need to be rescued from death. We are all in this situation, in the waters of all these things. And we need rescue. And our lesson today helps us to see that rescue realized. Not just for us, but it's rescue realized that gives hope to the world. Our lesson, it continues, it says, lift up your eyes to the heavens Look at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. Now, this is a verse that I want to kind of slow you down a little bit because it's some, it can be easy to kind of go down a rabbit hole that's not necessarily the direction that we need to go. Right away when you look at this, okay, the, the heavens, the earth beneath, the heavens vanishing, the earth wearing out, immediately we can get caught up in kind of the, the science of it. Okay, what's going to happen to the earth? Where is it going to go? What's it going to be? But remember, this is a very poetic section that is, is not as much focused on the material, but more the message, the meaning. What is it telling us here? And, it, and it's, it's giving us, it's telling us, and we're going to see this here in just a moment more, about how the way things are in our world, that God has the authority and the power to not have them continue like this forever. He will change it up. It will get better. It will be made new. And we'll show that in a moment. But one other thing, too, we probably, we got to speak to this whole die like flies thing. It's a weird, it's a strange image. Um, but it's also, as the more I dug into and thought about it, okay, if we're thinking about 
the world as we know it coming to an end and being transformed and there being the new heavens and new earth. That means that right, right now we're thinking about the way things are. This world kind of stinks the way it is, right? And um, what are flies attracted to? Grossness, right? And they stick with it, right? So those who are in love with the world as it is, when God brings this world as it is to an end and makes things new, those who are in love with the world as it is, like flies, will stick with it and be brought to an end as well. I think that's some of the imagery that's going on here. But thinking about God bringing it to an end as it is and, and, and making things new, part of the reason why I go that direction is, is in this whole section is really an emphasis when God gives hope to his people that he is the one who has the authority over heaven and earth. That all this is from him. Towards the end of our background lesson that we read, for I am the Lord your God who churns up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord Almighty is his name. I put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. I who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundations of the earth, and who say to Zion, you are my people. So I have authority over the way things are, and I'm going to, to rescue you. And remember in the verse that came before our lesson, there, God made a promise about making all things new. Or making new creation, right? The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. This section is making it clear that this world and its broken state, it will not continue that way. God will make things new for his people. God will make things new, new like the Garden of Eden. He has the power and the authority to do that. The gospel, the, the, well, some people have called Isaiah the gospel of Isaiah. That was an accidental statement, but some people have said that because there's so many hopeful statements in there and because it so clearly points us to the gospel, the good news of Jesus. One of the things that Isaiah does is that it points us not just to Jesus, but it points us also, if you were to back up in Isaiah some before our lesson, there's a section that points us clearly to John the Baptist. And that's important because John the Baptist came to do what? To call people to repentance for their sin, to prepare them for Jesus. And John the Baptist then helps us understand how we prepare our hearts for Jesus. It's one thing just to go right to Jesus. It's another thing to have your hearts prepared for him. And that's what the season of Advent is about, right? Preparing our hearts for the coming of Jesus. And in our gospel lesson, we heard about how people were wondering if John might be the Messiah. And he said, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's a lot of imagery. It's kind of intense sounding, but what's John talking about? That this coming forward of justice, this righteousness that our lesson was describing, is going to come through Jesus. How does all this happen through Jesus? 
Let's think about Jesus' life a bit. Jesus literally took on the powers of evil in this world. We even have the account of where the Satan, the enemy, tempted him in the wilderness, right? And Jesus never submitted to the powers of evil. Never submitted to a corrupt power, never took part in violence or anything like that. Always trusted his father. Jesus preached to people and spoke the truth. Sometimes calling out sin for what it is, other times speaking words of grace, but always speaking the words of truth to this world. Combated what's wrong, pointed out what's right. Jesus showed that he was the one to heal some of the things that we need rescue from. Pain, suffering, sickness, death. Jesus showed that he had the power over all of it. And he was here to bring the power, to bring the victory over all of it. And Jesus showed numerous times that he could do things like calm a stormy sea, right? Walk on water. One of the statements of hope in Isaiah is that God is the one who has the authority over the heavens and the earth, right? Jesus showed that he had this very authority. He had the authority, the ability, but then he accomplished it all in the most surprising way. Jesus allowed the, the corrupt powers of this world to do violence to him, to oppress him. He allowed it to all come on him. When he went to the cross, he went there so he could take all the consequences of our sin your sin and mine, the way that we have been part of what's wrong in this world. He took it onto himself, and he absorbed what's wrong in this world on him. He suffered, he experienced the pain, and he died. He took it. So it doesn't, we don't have to be underneath it, so it doesn't have to fall on us. He took it. And when he died, he defeated it. When he rose, he showed that all the powers of this world don't have power over him. All the evil, the brokenness, all this stuff, he has achieved something beyond it. It cannot hold him. It could not stop him. He ascended to the right hand of the Father after he rose so that now he can rule. He is ruling all things. It may not always look like it. We see the broken different things in this world, but just like it didn't look like he was winning on the cross, and yet he was, he is ruling, winning, bringing victory in his way in this world. He's doing it. After he sent it to the right hand of the Father, he sent the Holy Spirit into, the, into his people. You've got that event of Pentecost. You and I, when we're brought to faith in Christ, we are brought to faith by the Spirit. The Spirit of God is in us, which means that the same victory Jesus has over pain, suffering, death is ours. If it couldn't hold him, it can't hold me. It can't hold you. It's ours. He takes on the powers of this world by the Spirit in us. Through all this, he brings hope. 
to a broken world. He brings rescue. We just went through a lot. What does this rescue look like? Let's realize what this looks like. Rescue looks like defeating the powers of this world. There's evil powers in this world, collectively, internally, externally, however, defeating them. It means equity. And you may think, wait a minute, that seems kind of out of place. Let me explain that, and let's clarify. There's a difference between equity and equality. Equality is like everybody gets the same thing, right? Equity is a big deal in Scripture. Part of what God was so upset with the kings with in the Old Testament is that they would show partiality, favoritism. They wouldn't judge correctly. They'd, you know, favor towards the, the rich or favor towards the poor or whatever it would be. And part of the beauty of God's justice is that he calls it like it is. If you sin, you sin. Point, don't, don't matter who you are. If you believe in Jesus, you're right with him. Doesn't matter who you are. Across the board, equity. Rescue means justice for wrongs committed. Which in and of itself could be scary, except for the fact that all the justice was met out on Jesus, and so then we have forgiveness. Rescue means forgiveness. Forgiveness through rescue means freedom. We have the spirit to empower us. We don't have to live other than those things anymore. We have hope. We have expectation of what he's going to do. We have the hope of healing. If not today or tomorrow, in eternity, at some point there is healing. We have life unto the age, a life with God that has begun now that will continue on into eternity. And that means we get to be living for life. That maybe seems a little bit strange, but embracing life, being part of the effort of sharing life. This is what rescue, rescue looks like. We might look around at the world that we got going on today and be like, what is going on in the world? It can feel like a mess. And we can look at ourselves and be like, what is going on in me? We get frustrated with our own with our thoughts and our actions. We can realize how broken we are. And how broken the world is. When that happens, I encourage you to remember, remember our lesson today. And remember how good news starts. I love Luke 3.18. That's at the end of this section of with John the Baptist. It goes on, it says, and with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the, what does it say? Good news. This is right after John was talking about burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire and the threshing floor. And I remember the first time this really stuck out to me. I'm reading it through, reading it through. I'm like, wow, this sounds kind of heavy. And all of a sudden, and John preached the rest, kept preaching good news. And I was like, I don't know, this sounds real good to me. Until I started to realize what God's justice is. The good news starts with God pointing out that there's something wrong. This is wrong. That's wrong. And he diagnoses the issue so he can set it right. When you realize you need rescue, when you realize our world needs rescue, you are primed for rescue. When you realize that you're in the waters here, you're primed to reach out and to call out. You are prepared for the one who has come, who continues to come, and will come again. 
to rescue you. To bring rescue for you, this rescue is available to the world. This season, we are preparing our hearts by admitting we need rescue, that the world needs rescue, hearing God's word point out to us where we've gone off, laying that sin before Jesus, seeing that he sets it all right, and that he will come again to set everything right. Today, we begin the season of rescue really.